Welcome to the 49th episode of Downtime Podcast. Today, I am with my different co-host, Brandon. Hello. Uh, we I'm don't, Brandon. <laughs> we don't have Jeremy on the line this week, but hey, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm different. Yes. <laughs> and today, we have a very special episode. So, previously, Brandon and I played Starbound, and that was pretty much the game that almost defined last summer and (laughs) (laughs) starbound zombies i know and today we have a very special guest we have the game composer for store for starbound as well as just a general composer for other games ads what what have you curtis curtis schweitzer hello and welcome to downtime thank you for joining absolutely happy to be here how are you doing today I'm doing just great. We're doing good, too. <laughs> I mean, great. <laughs> That's not very convincing great. I feel like there's maybe uh Phantasmal? Fant- Phantasmal. I like that. It's yes. sort of like, almost like phantasmagorical or something, something like that. that. Yes, keep, absolutely. Yeah, let's keep adding on to the word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Once again, thank you for joining. We're both huge, absolutely. huge fans of the game and the soundtrack and... So, um, and when I reached out to you, I was like really excited, by the way, when you responded. I was like, oh, my God, he responded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can uh, I can. It's always that that first email is always uh, a little nerve wracking. I feel like when you don't know somebody, but that's, that's who are tr- you? That's true. How did you get this email? <laughs> <laughs> I guess to start off the podcast, uh, go ahead and just talk a little bit about your background, like in general and with music what instruments you play mm-hmm. what type of genres you like and what influenced you just talk for hours yeah. i uh i grew up uh you know in piano lessons like you know a lot of other uh kids i was active in you know music programs um in school um my primary instrument is piano um it's always been the thing that I play. It's featured very heavily in Starbound and most of my other work uh, because it's the instrument that I play. So it usually ends up sort of having a really important spot. Um, uh, you know, when I was in high school, I started doing some kind of arranging. You know, I would be playing something or be singing something or have some sort of uh, piece of music that I was uh, responsible for. And um I would say, oh, well, it'd be better if we, you know, changed this. And so I would go and, you know, attempt to rewrite it. Not always successfully, of course, but, um, you know, and that sort of got me into this idea that, well, I could do the whole thing. Why why take a, a piece of music that already exists when I could, you know, write a new piece? So that sort of got me into... That's the spirit. <laughs> yeah. Um and yeah, that's kind of just the way that that evolved. And um, I ended up going to college. I ended up getting a bachelor's degree in theory and composition. And, um, you know, you graduate from college and you expect to be this, you know, great uh, concert music composer. And you soon realize that uh, the world uh, has a lot of concert music uh, composers um, and that you're probably not going to be able to compete with Eric Whitaker, say, uh, uh, or John Adams. So you go into commercial music, which I always had sort of really enjoyed. I grew up listening to movie soundtracks, uh, all the you know late 90s uh sorts of people john williams james horner all those all those sort of uh 90s era i guess i would say uh composers so uh, that's 
sort of been the influences on me. Uh, Thomas Newman's a big influence. So that's kind of how I got to where, where I was when I did Starbound. So uh, how did, how exactly did you get into game composing? Um, when I was in college, I had done some film work. And so I always sort of looked at that. I don't, I don't want to say as a backup, but as a potential career. And so I had done some short films for, um, you know, student filmmakers at the university and, um, so I thought, well, you know, if I'm going to get into commercial composing, um, I should probably be doing, you know, films and games. But um, the thing that really sort of kickstarted that was I was just on the game dev subreddit and uh, I happened uh, to have posted some music there. And uh, uh, Ty Yuri, who's uh, the handle for Finn Bryce, he works at he's sort of the, the founder of Chucklefish, had heard some and he just contacted me out of the blue and said, hey, do you want to? work on a prospective game that we've been developing and that it just was kind of like a rocket from there. It was really very sort of uh, serendipitous, I guess. So would you find your skill set was kind of intuitively laid out for, for game uh, soundtrack design? I, th I think that game design and film design share a lot of uh, sort of uh, the same kind of vocabulary in a lot of ways. Um, you see a lot of, film composers and TV composers getting into games these days. Bear McCreary, uh, who's famous for his like Battlestar Galactica scores and stuff like that, is the one who just scored the new God of War game, for example. So there's a lot, I think there's a lot of um, sort of common vocabulary there. Um, and being sort of a film person, a film music person, uh, I found that it was pretty natural to just move straight into games. So That's really cool. Uh, I especially assume that's probably true of games like God of War, that are becoming more of a theatrical Definitely. piece uh, rather than just a straightforward game. Um, I know, yeah. I know, Starbound was more of a game game rather than a a story driven cinematic type of game. Uh, and I feel like music, even in those situations, is very very important for the feeling of of the game and when you're playing it, what how your emotional responses to everything. Uh, so it's really cool to hear that. Um, did, was there anything particularly like notable about the Starbound experience that you enjoyed quite a bit, or not? Or would you like to? Nah. The I would say just like the freedom. I was amazed at you know when you come from all the commercial music I had done before games was for film and film is a really fun medium and all the people I've ever worked with there are, have been universally lovely. But you're very much locked to that film you're locked to that picture you have this series of points you have to hit it needs to be scary here and there needs to be a jump here there needs to be a triumphant part here um so you're sort of locked to somebody else's i don't want to say structure but sort of their their vision there um and with games it's just kind of sometimes it's just this wide open field i mean it, it was amazing i would just write a track i'd send it along they'd say yay or nay or you know give me a little bit of feedback about general style things um and then it would they would just kind of throw it in the game see how it worked and we'd go from there i mean it was very much a free collaboration i would say that sounds really cool i like that um yeah. so it was definitely uh sounds like a larger uh chance for you to be creative on your own right and and put a large part of yourself in the music rather than trying to design for the customer or the client. Yeah, absolutely. 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 My guidance was sort of, we want it to be very atmospheric and evocative. That was 
pretty much all that I mean and eventually we settled on orchestral there's a whole story there about how we ended up there but um, we actually kind of did two full soundtracks um, one which we didn't really end up using as much much of but yeah well I I think the uh, or orchestral really does work to a certain extent it is very um, a unique flavor I think as far as that type of game is concerned uh, so I, I enjoy it though yeah, I mean, it was it was a really interesting. I I found when we first, you know, they first show you the game. You know, it's got this this sort of pixel graphics kind of look to it, and you think, well, it needs to kind of have a lot of synths and maybe even straight up eight bit, you know, stuff, chip tune kind of style music in it. And um, there's nothing wrong with that kind of music, but um, we found that just as we started incorporating more and more um, organic. Uh, samples into it as we did that it uh, it sort of just opened up everything and it was amazing how well that sort of uh, I don't want to say dated look but that sort of intentionally um, retro look worked with a more sort of organic uh, sort of the opposite of that in the in the soundtrack so that's really interesting I'm just curious how long did it take for you to complete the Starbound soundtrack um, it was quite a while. I mean, like I said, we had originally started and we were doing a very synth heavy, maybe some orchestra elements, but really focusing on a lot of um, electronic uh, uh, sound sources at first. And um, then it was about halfway through that I was sort of, I liked a lot of the tracks, but I wasn't loving the whole thing together. And um Finn had heard a piece that I had actually written for choir and really, really liked it and uh, had <laughs> um, asked, you know, hey, what does this look like in the game? Is this something you'd be willing to uh, to have in the game? And we so I just took the MIDI file and, and, you know, did a quick realization of it and we threw it up against the game and it seemed like it worked really well and it ended up going out in a trailer and from there on it was just all orchestral music and so I just basically composed a second score for it. Um, that was all based on 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 uh, orchestral sounds, so that was kind of how that worked. And you could definitely hear your your um, your passion with the piano in a lot of those pieces. I think it works quite well. Yeah, that's kind of. Thank you for the kind words. I mean, I mean the the piano part is, I think the sort of the I don't want to say the soul of it, but but it's definitely sort of the thing. Yeah, it's sort of what what everything rotates around. How big was the music team working on Starbound? Uh, originally, um, I was sort of brought on um, after they had had Solatrus. Um, uh, I'm, I'll just use his handle. I'm not sure if he wants his full name out there, but uh, Solatrus had been had contributed some stuff. They actually had um, Toby Fox of um, uh, uh, Undertale had done some work with them at one point. Um, he had sort of, I think, at that point gone off to go you know slay his own dragons um but uh so it was just kind of me and Salatrus and then their audio guy um Armagon uh whose name I, I, I know them all by their handles <laughs> it's so funny I can't even think of his name right now you can look up Armagon anywhere and that's yeah <laughs> so so that was pretty much it. It was just us, us three for the most part. Really kind of just me and Armagon because Salatrus kind of decided he wanted to – he was a coder for them. So I think he mostly ended up kind of going back to the to the coding side. I'm not 100% sure. So Get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What are you over there with the mics? 
Solatrius has really great music to just plug somebody who's who really has some really great work. Uh, I would really encourage everybody to go look up his stuff. It's Interview great. him next. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um. So obviously, Starbound is a game of like a infinite sandbox game about planets. And I remember looking at your credits, and I actually noticed that there was a common theme in a lot of the things you've composed for, and they kind of all had to do with aerospace in some manner. And I was just wondering if that's just kind of like what you've worked on just because those are the opportunities presented, or if there is also some underlying hobby or interest in aerospace. Yeah. Since, uh, since Starbound came out, um, my, I've I've been represented by by an agent, uh, Fabian uh, Malabello from the Otherworld Agency, and uh, he has gotten me a few of those jobs. And he always sort of uh, he's always sort of apologizing that I promise I'm not trying to pigeonhole you as the space guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, so that just it really is just kind of like those are the ones that have kind of. Um, come to me and have been the ones that have been uh, sort of available to me. Um, I, the nice thing is it's, it's, I feel like my sort of my personal style really kind of works with them. Um, so that's good. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, there's not really, I don't think there's like an intention on my part to do that, but. Okay. Well, it works out still. Uh, is there any type of uh, genre that you would like to move into? Yeah. You know, I just recently did um, a game for a company called Pluckett uh, Staxel. It's a, some of the uh, Starbound developers, and it's sort of more of a, it's a little bit more, uh, I want to say, I don't want to say childlike, but it's a little bit more laid back. You know, it's not centered around conflict. There's no combat in the game. Kind of like a, uh, like a Harvest Moon kind of style, uh, Stardew Valley kind of thing. And I really, really enjoyed that. And every time... I go back and listen to that. I always think to myself, you know, this was, I really like this score. I really like how sort of I had this opportunity to do something a little bit different. It wasn't quite so dramatic. It wasn't, you know, there's not quite so much atmosphere in everything. It's just kind of a nice little, I mean, I don't want to say again, it's not a children's score, but it is kind of a children's score. And and I really kind of enjoyed that. It was a really nice kind of chill experience. So, uh, where do you pull inspiration from when you create any music or and yeah, you know, one of the anything? things about being sort of a commercial composer is that you sort of learn to uh, um, go off the things your client gives you, right? Because if you're going off your own stuff, sometimes you can kind of end up off reservation and writing music that doesn't really work for the project. So um, I always like sort of interrogating the developers or clients that I'm working for to really see like what what their uh, inspirations are and try to kind of go off of those. So, um, you know, in, in the case of say, you know, airships, uh, airships uh, is a sort of a 2d game that, that is very much described by this genre called diesel punk, which is this very uh, industrial um, uh, sort of like steampunk meets, uh, meets the industrial, well, more than the industrial revolution, I guess the diesel revolution. I don't know. Um, (laughs) It's not a really good way to say that, but yeah, you know, it's kind of like, it's going for this kind of zany otherworldly kind of look. So, so that's kind of where I went there. So for that one, we have all sorts of bizarre instruments in it. You know, there's, there's, there's a ratchet in that one, uh, like a straight up just a ratchet as a percussion instrument or, um, you know, didgeridoos, not because the game is particularly, you know, attempting to, 
portray indigenous peoples of Australia, but because that sound is so unique and so kind of weird. Yes, didgeridoos are very fun. You should just take every opportunity to put didgeridoos in everywhere. It reminds me of uh, the the score to the film Chicken Run. It has this huge kazoo choir in it. which I I think think I know know, exactly what you're talking about. Kazoos are another fantastic instrument. One of my favorite things, right? (laughs) So that was sort of a chance to kind of cut loose on something zany, if you will. Going off of that, then I think it's really cool how even if you're outside of your comfort zone and like a different theme that you have to portray, you can still have fun with it and you're able to be creative. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the nice things about being a composer, being a creative person is, you know, you get kind of get bored after a while and you get to go do something else. So that's always fun. I've, I've noticed that there are uh, two kinds of clients. There's the ones that, that want to hear what they want to hear and they want to hire you to make that happen. And then there's the other ones that don't know what they want to hear and they want to hire somebody to show them what they want to hear. What do you find Mm -hmm. is more common in in your practices? I would imagine game field, they already have a lot of clients that know what they want to hear more or less. Yeah. I mean, you get a lot of that. You also get a lot of people who are willing to explore different directions. Um, uh, one of the projects I'm working on right now uh, is for the next game Chucklefish is putting out called Witchbrook. Um, is it, what, it, did they go with Academy? I think they just went with Witchbrook. Um, and it's, yeah, it's kind of a little bit more, um, you know, it's kind of got some Harry Potter elements, if you will, that are kind of in, in there. And uh, so we did a bunch of demos with Harry Pottery sounding, you know, celeste everywhere and chromatics and stuff. Um, and we decided, well, you know, that doesn't really, you know, fit the vision very well. So we moved on to something else. And that's a nice experience. Um, I think it's really fun to have tried that. And now it's that's in my toolbox, right? As a composer, I've now tried to sort of do that style. And if I need it again later, it's there. And it's there because I got a chance to kind of try it out. Um we ended up going with a little bit different direction and that's great too. And it's also great sometimes when someone comes to you with a really specific vision, you know, it needs to sound like, uh, you know, like the good, the bad and the ugly, right? Like that's a very specific, yeah, it's a very um, <laughs> iconic almost. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's an iconic uh, idea. And so when someone comes to you with that, it's nice to, sometimes it's nice to have that. It just, you sort of kind of learn to, to be really flexible and just, uh, I mean, you're there to serve the project. So, um, whatever, whatever vision comes to you, you're there to serve it. So, that's really cool. Um, so it sounds like there's just a large amount of room for um, different potentials. Do you find that through uh, as you go along with these different clients and these different projects that you're really growing as uh, as your skill and your talents and, and as a person? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. As I buy more sample libraries, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, as I get yeah. more money, I buy more sample libraries and I grow as a person. Yeah, right? Like, it's, it's amazing how much easier it is to write uh, choral music with a choir sample library. But, um, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it is really fun to do something. I, I think that that balance between the stuff that you know you're good at that's sort of like directly in your wheelhouse as, as a sort of a creative person that you're sort of known for, um, there's benefit to that because you're kind of coming home and you can really not have to worry about you know anxiety issues is what I'm doing good. But at the same time, sometimes like as you know, like I was mentioning Staxel, like I had never done like a super conflictless, laid back, chill electronic score before so that was really fun to do um 
I mean, it, a lot of it's just, do you have time to explore it? Um, a lot of it is, do you want to do it? I mean, I, you know, I mentioned chiptunes at the beginning. I, I don't think I'll, I mean, I don't want to say I'll never do a chiptune score, but I doubt it because um, I just don't think I would ever, I don't think I could ever be comfortable. And there's so many people that do so much great work in that space that it's like, I don't know if I have anything to say. It so is I kind think of flooded, there's, yeah. There's that whole gamut, right, of, uh, of I'm, you're comfortable, you kind of want to get out of your comfort zone, but at the same time, there is there is such a thing as going too far, I think. But um, Do you have any advice for anybody who might be thinking about becoming a composer or wanting to at least dabble in it as a hobby? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to um, remember that, like, you're a musician, right? Um, and musicians practice. And if your job as a musician is to make music, the way you practice making music is, you know, to make music. So, um, you know, I, I see so many people who are just like, quote unquote, waiting for their big break uh, to actually start writing. Uh, and that's going to, you're going to have a bad time <laughs> if, uh, if, if you wait until you get your first big job to actually seriously write. I mean, you have to just do it and do it a lot and do it every day because um, you want it to be that when that big job job comes to you that you can just sit down and just do it because you are so good at what you do that you can just kind of yeah you nail uh, it you present yourself you say this is what i am right. this is what i can do and i've been doing it for a while so you either like it or you don't exactly exactly just to quote shiloh LaBeouf, uh don't let your memes be memes. Is that what he said? What? <laughs> something, something like that. Something like that. Something. No, yeah. don't let your dreams be dreams. Be Just go out and do <laughs> it. Know. So like you're saying, don't wait for uh, a chance. Just do what you're passionate about. Do what you like doing. Uh, you'll naturally get better at it because exactly. practice, yes. practice, practice, experience, experience, experience. So that's really good advice. I like that. Yeah. I'm just curious. What type of music are you listening to? Um, I... um. I don't have a lot of time to do a lot of recreational listening. I mentioned the good, the bad, and the ugly earlier because I had just been working on a project to sort of uh, do some demos for a sample library um, that is sort of these Western guitars. So I had been like, I had just been like devouring spaghetti Western soundtracks to mm -hmm. sort of get that that <laughs> sound in my in my mind. Um, so that's that's what I've been listening to recently. But that's mostly, I mean, that's kind of not really recreational. It's more work, but I really enjoy it. So. Yeah, well, I enjoy them too. Yeah. We have something in common. Those are fun. Do we? Yeah. Yeah. One so. thing. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> so. And also, do you have a specific video game soundtrack that's like your favorite? Yeah, I'm gonna. This is a super cop out um, answer. When I see you ask what kind of game soundtracks do you like, I'm gonna. I'm curious if you're if we're thinking of the same one because I feel like I have a cop out answer too. Oh well, I'll, <laughs> oh, I'll get boy. to the cop out on my personal favorite one of all time. But uh, in terms of just like um, uh, what kind of genre do you like in game music? I, I like good game music. I <laughs> I listen to like all of it, right? I like, like I, well I'll, done I'll, music. I've been listening Thank to you. Bear McCreary's God of War stuff, which is like super huge Hollywood giant orchestra and chorus kind of stuff. But I also like anything that Disaster Piece makes is, you know, like the most genius thing that has been made by anyone. So, you know, there's there's a big gamut there. So I, I and the I've, uh, I I recently got referenced. Uh, somebody was asking for something kind of like the Florence soundtrack. That soundtrack is so good. Just always, always good. Anyway, um, <laughs> and then in terms of like um, what is my favorite game score ever, I'm going to actually go with um, 
I, I got to go with kind of a classic one. It's kind of a boring answer, but I'm going to actually go with the original score to Halo because it is so oh, surprising wow. to boot up a sci-fi game and hear monks. See, like, my, man, a, my man, my man. That's see? such a great, a great score. And, of course, everything Marty O'Donnell has ever done is, is, is uh, literally perfect. Um, no, nothing could be better about it. So we were talking about this before, but we were talking about how the Halo theme song is like one of our favorite theme songs of all time. Yeah, it's super good. It's super good. And it's super informed. You know, it's very uh, it's very aware that it is. Um, I don't want to say mimicking, but it, that it is referencing this 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 uh, uh, music from the specific era. And it very much sort of adheres to those conventions. And, but at the same time, is able to escape them as it needs to to be a score for a sci fi game instead of a game about, you know, 14th century monks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's 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 true. Mm-hmm. Is that true? It's true. I guess so. It must be true. He said it. I know. <laughs> My favorite too is the second Halo, where you insert the electric guitar. That's yeah. Like- my yeah. favorite. I actually, I really like ODST, Halo 3 ODST with the jazz. It's like super weird. It's the weirdest thing in the world, but it works so well. Like I, even, I don't even like smooth jazz. I, I love that score. So. <laughs> the ODST game, the kind of forgotten Halo out of the Halo C- series. Yeah. I guess it's because it was originally just supposed to be a uh, DLC, and then they yeah. made a full-fledged game out of it. Yeah. I should go back and play that. It's been a while. Yeah, I saw uh, somebody did like an article about it, or I saw a YouTube video about it. Or something. I was thinking they had the exact same thing. I should go back and do that. I want to go hear this in context. So, do you have any more like game composing music questions? If I do, I can't think of them. Yeah, I think we. I, you know, I think we covered a lot. Like all of your answers have been very thorough. I'll tell you what. If I come up with one, I'll call you at twelve. Okay. Yes. At night. <laughs> all, all right. I might. You know. I just may not answer. No, I can't. I can't promise. You no, know, you're a musician. I'm sure you don't sleep. <laughs> I actually do have a concert tonight. I have to perform in. So. That's cool. What kind of concert? Oh, it's uh, it's a. A local chamber chorus, so I do performances with them uh, every once in a while. I find that it's really good to not only write music but to perform it, so that you don't sort of Are you, start uh, to drift playing away the from piano? performable music. Actually, this is a, a singing. I'm going to oh, be singing. So nice. That's exciting. Yeah. He does everything. I know. Man of many well, talents. I, I at least play piano and sing. I don't know if that's everything. I hear there's some other instruments. Like a viola or something? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Starbound 2, lyrics featuring Curtis. <laughs> I guess just to close out this podcast, two more questions. Um, what are your top favorite things to do in Colorado? Uh, I love to ski uh, in the winter. I, it's kind of a boring answer because everyone skis in Colorado, but uh, I really do love it. So I go about you know five or six times a year. Um you know, in the summer here, you know, a lot of people don't realize that in the summer here, it's really beautiful. So you can go out and, you know, we actually have sand dunes. Uh, <laughs> like ATVing and in... sand dunes and doing like sand boarding. I, I I wish I could say I was that cool, but I have not done the sand boarding. So far, I have visited and looked upon the sand dunes. I have not yet. <laughs> I have gazed and witnessed their existence. The <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's pretty fun. Um 
but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a million things to do. Everything outdoors here is, is really fun to do. So, um, people who like to hike, I don't personally really like to hike. I think people who like to hike, I don't know why you're such a masochist, but you know, if that's your thing. Well, if it's I in Colorado, it's really there's snow here. everywhere. It's probably really cold, right? Um, you know, it's actually, we get, um, 300 days of sun a year usually. So, um, it's actually pretty sunny here. Um, and it only gets, only gets really cold. Um, maybe like a couple of few weeks out of the year. So, oh, sorry about that. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, okay. So let me, one more question about the skiing. Have you ever witnessed anybody, um, uh, on a, on a, on a, um, a, a motorized, uh, ski what snowmobile, snowmobile. Thank you. Um, I actually have. I was uh, just driving. Wait, 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 the... wait for it. Oh, but okay. they're well, dragging somebody on skis like they're going uh, jet skiing or, <laughs> or something on the oh, water. Oh, like a jet ski sort of situation. I've seen um, ski patrol take people off the mountain on a on a on a like a sled. Those. Yeah, like pulling them along on a sled. You kind of think, oh, that's kind of grim. I hope he's okay. <laughs> Close. I I don't know if this is like I've never lo- gone out to the internet and searched for this. I probably should have, but I just thought of it now. If I'm giving anybody ideas, this could be the next extreme sport, right? <laughs> I do have some friends that like to go Jeep skiing, where they'll get in a Jeep and pull someone behind them. Uh, I think that's a little Are uh, they tied unsafe, to a rope and but, just being know, dragged or what's going on? Yeah, yeah, they just they just have like a whole they just have like a rope and they just pull somebody along a road on skis. So hmm. I don't know if that's a sport. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's a thing people do. We're weird. Out here. We're weird. <laughs> uh, that's fun. No, it's like a skateboard. Marty McFly. Back to the future. Exactly. Back oh, to the yeah. future. Uh, exactly. I might have been thinking something else. <laughs> Call the police. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next question. Oh, I guess last question is what's a quote you live by? Uh, write every day. Write every day. Write every day. Every single day. Don't don't go a day with every day you don't write you get worse at it so you might as well stay good at it. Any advice for people who can't write um, or read good? Well, you know, uh, well, if you can't read, read good, good, I mean, uh, I don't know. You know, like your gas stations, maybe I don't know. The um, gas station needs to at least be three times this size. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? A gas station for ants? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I just like whatever it is that you do creatively, you know, just like I just really encourage people to just you have to do it a lot. You know, there's this great Ira Glass thing that goes around the Internet once a month where he just tells people that if you want to be, you know, on this American life, you know, if you want to be Ira Glass, you got to just put out huge volumes of work, most of which is going to be utter, you know, you know, insert the the uh, the beeping sound here. Right. And uh, and uh he's right like you just have to do it because that's the only way you get better like just like practicing piano or violin or whatever i used to teach music so i think that sort of is where i got this like you know practice 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 instinct because i had to yell at kids to practice 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 and you know now i'm old so it just has gotten worse (laughs) ah that's good though that's that's how you know you're seasoned i know (laughs) i was about to say it reminds me of like when i was growing up and i was playing the flute and it was really difficult for me to get the chromatic scale. Mm-hmm. And it took like months, like maybe half a year for me to get it. And the first month I was trying to 
get the scale going, I didn't practice at all. <laughs> and my teacher could tell that I wasn't practicing. Yeah, it's always the worst feeling going into a lesson and you know that you haven't practiced and you know the teacher's going to know. <laughs> How do they know? I'm pretty good as far as I know. I mean, not like I practiced or anything, but you should switch to I mean, the drums. Maybe if you're their first student, you don't. they don't know. But like, if, 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 if you're not their first student, they probably know. I was always the last class of the day. Hmm. So it was like the class where, all right, I'm about to leave. Like this, thirty more minutes. This person better wake me up, or we're gonna. I don't. Have, I don't have time for your shenanigans. You better have practiced. You better. I uh, when I was in college, um, I missed a woodwinds pedagogy class and so i had to do makeup for it so they decided that i should take clarinet lessons now i'm in college right so the only people at <laughs> college who teach clarinet are used to teaching like clarinet performance majors like these are like seriously good people and here i am squeaking worse than like the worst middle school you've ever heard and this poor woman i felt so bad for her she had i think she had like just moved here from australia she said i mean she she had the she had that accent going, but every time she would say my name, Curtis, I don't, it was just like, she, I, I thought she was going to murder me. And I, she was right. I should have been murdered. I didn't practice. So, Wait, the clarinet or the... The clarinet. I did not practice the clarinet. I will say that. I, it, was, I, it was bad. I was bad. So, you know, that's the other thing to remember. We've all been there. Mm, mm. It's fun, isn't it? Super fun. Indeed. So I have a really random question. So, as a composer, have you seen the movie Whiplash? Uh, I've seen, like, uh, excerpts from it. I've never actually seen the whole movie. It's on my, like, to-watch list. I've seen okay. reaction videos, too. Yeah, I, okay. Then I, will, then I don't want to spoil it. I, was gen I just wanted to see what you thought about the... So, as a former music teacher um, and somebody who harps on people all the time to be better and practice more um my first thought and when i see little clips of it is man that bald guy seems like he's really got his act together like he seems like he's really good he's like throwing the drums at the kid that's good that's good he's gonna practice he's gonna practice he's not gonna come back without practice <laughs> i'm joking i'm actually a total pushover but you know <laughs> you should practice more okay 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i've never i've never thrown an instrument at a student thankfully but that's good <laughs> That's good for the lack of lawsuits. Yes. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Yeah. I, I still am able to like function in society. You know, I'm not in prison or anything. So that's, that's you know, that's yes. a plus. That's Congratulations. A plus. And you're performing tonight. So. Yeah. That's, indeed. That's, so. Yes. Practicing, I hope. Uh, <laughs> um, do you have any final parting wisdom that you'd like to share or anything? Yeah. Any, any projects like you talked about the next game you're composing for, but anything else you'd yeah. like to share? Yeah, sure. I uh, like I said, um, I mentioned Staxel. I always try to signal boost them because I think they've sort of made a really cool game. So um, if you're in the mood for a uh, sort of Stardew Valley meets Minecraft meets Harvest Moon meets uh, Animal Crossing kind of game, I I would really recommend you give that a give that a look see. I think they've done a lot of great work for on Staxel. Um, I like I said, I'm doing the next Chucklefish game, Witchbrook. So um, look for more news on that. That we just uh, they just announced the title, so we're still a ways out on that one. But um, but yeah, that should be coming out um, at some point in the future. Um, trying to think, what else? Um, I uh, am, 
I have a oh you know I have like an album coming out or whatever um on May first um it's uh an album of some of the piano work I've done over the years that hasn't ever been released so I've sort of collected it all into a into a short little album so that'll be out on May first it's we'll called sure Daydreams to, we'll be sure to check that, that out Bandcamp or iTunes or wherever fine nice. MP3 files are pervade do you release any um, of your stuff on uh, Spotify or anything like that. Um, I do. Um, the only thing I don't have on Spotify is Starbound because the track list is so long they won't accept it. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Um, what, what jerks. So, yeah. They don't even know. They could be making money. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so we're, we're, we're working with them. So we'll, we'll get that up eventually, either in parts or I don't know. We'll figure it out. I have a great distribution provider who helps me get stuff up on iTunes and stuff. So I'm sure they'll help me get that get that going. Um but yeah, that's that's and all my other stuff is there. I've got a bunch of uh, albums. I do a lot of royalty-free work. So if you're ever in the need for licensed music for, say, I don't know, like a podcast or um, a YouTube video, why would we um, need that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you can find me on like a like you know all the royalty-free sites like Audio Jungle and Pond Five and all that good stuff. I did so. see some of your stuff up on Audio Jungle. Yeah, I really yeah, like so their little uh, previews there, so. where it says Audio Jungle every two seconds. It's like audio exactly, jungle. Yeah, because yes. you got to get that watermark on there so people don't rip your stuff off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's been really awesome talking yes. to you. Uh, this has been a blast, yeah, actually. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the 49th episode. And uh, they, at least they, will see you next week. Oh, yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.